Appreciate the Lord. Appreciate His goodness to us. I had a really, really good Sunday school lesson this morning. And uh, I don't want us to have a reputation of being alive but being dead. I want to have a reputation of being alive and really alive. Yeah. Amen. And so I uh, do appreciate the Lord. Appreciate the Sunday school lesson. Uh, several folks are out this morning, but Lord willing, uh, they'll be back again soon. All right. Sister Rebecca helped with the Sunday school class this morning, so we're going to turn it over to her, and uh, they're going to have their part. All right. We learned about Noah's Ark again this week. So I taught a little differently, and we talked about the door and the promise. And when we talked about the door, we talked about for years Noah walked around and he was building this ark. I think it took him 50 to 75 years to build it. And he told people, he said, there's a flood! There's a flood coming! And he warned them. And he warned them. And what did they do, guys? They laughed at him. They laughed at him. And we talked about how we have so many preachers get up here and they warn Jesus is coming. And they say, there's a flood! There's a flood! And we think, oh, we have time. We have time. Flood's not coming. We're good. We're good. But then one day, God came. And he grabbed the ark and he closed the door. Right. And when he closed the door, there was no more opening. But then after the flood, he made a promise with man. And it says in the Bible, the promise was for God to remember that he had made this promise with man that he would never flood the earth. So then we talked about God's promises. And it was really crazy looking at promises. It says that there are over... Somewhere between 3,000 to 30,000. There were so many sources, and they never could come up with a total number. But in the New Testament, I read that there was over 7,000 promises that God has made for us. So we're going to sing a song about promises. And they've only heard it once, so. Are y'all know what to sing? But I can't sing. All right, ready? He promised you hope, my king. He promised you help. Me stand when the valley is slow, the river is high. He promised he would lead me to the other side. His promise is light, my way. They'll never leave my feet to stray. Living in his word, I will overcome. Standing on his promises is worth my one. Thank the Lord. Amen. Standing on his promises. Somebody up here left a dollar. Harper. All right. So good having everyone this morning. And uh, appreciate the Lord. Uh, I love this new weather uh, that we're having right now. Don't know how long it'll last. We thank the Lord for it and uh, do appreciate all that the Lord's done for us. Teresa, be getting us a song here this morning. And uh, I want to say again, thank you to everyone that uh, helped us in the ministry over this uh, past uh, weekend. Uh, do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll allow ministry to become a chore. Right. Don't let it become a chore to us. Let us always remember that 
Even if you just give a prophet a glass of water in the Lord's name, you're going to get a reward. And so if he's going to get a a person's going to get a reward for that, how much more when we are obedient to him and do what uh, God has called us to do? You know, a lot of times we don't realize the blessings uh, that we do. We're, we're, we're really just casting seed out. Okay? But the gospel seed never, never rots. And so uh, we, we need to be willing to, to broadcast that seed wherever we can. We've got several folks that are out of town. Don't forget to uh, be praying for uh, Corey and Caleb. And also for Brother Steve, he's out of town. And uh, hopefully they'll all be back fairly soon. All right. Let's get in and see what the Lord has for us today. Um, um, Brother um, Ricky Edward, Dr. Ricky Edwards, if you would receive the uh, tithe and offering here this morning. All right. Well, yeah, we've been, uh, there's a man out there, he goes by uh, Jazz, he's a, a well-known drug dealer, he even told me himself, he has uh, all the influence out there, and uh, so we've been out there for three months at least just preaching, and um, we preached yesterday, and I did a small little altar call and a uh, prayer request, and normally he doesn't get in, he doesn't do anything, but he came down, yeah. and it turns out that he... Uh, he was a, he was a, called to preach many years ago, right. and uh, he said he said that we're out there just uh, just priming the bubble. Like every time we go out, he just he does he does he does all. He sometimes he's inside listening, yeah. right? He don't he don't sometimes he don't really want to get in. But this time he came down and he talked to me for a while, and he actually wants to do a couple Bible studies Praise with me. God. So I think it's uh, it's wonderful, you know. The whole, uh, the whole outreach, I don't think all of it went as planned. One, one place didn't even really want us out there, but we found another yeah. doors are opening, and um, it's, great things are happening. And I was seeing, we're singing this song, and I was thinking on the way to church, you know, how thankful I am, how much God gives to us, yeah. right? He just yeah. gives and gives yeah. and gives and gives and gives and always giving and giving. And I was thinking the other day when we were all worshiping, and it was a great service, but I was thinking that, you know, we worship, Right, not to get. We don't worship to get, but we worship to give. Right, and I think if we would go into it with that mindset, if we'll try to outgive God in our worship and how much He's tried to give us, and we will truly get in and worship. Right, because our worship is our giving to Him. If we'll outgive Him in our worship, which we never can, but if we'll get in and try it, I believe you know, even though even though we're worshiping to give, but we'll get so much more out of it if we'll just put everything we have into it. I think of um, worshiping, you know, with all your might. Yeah. And I think some people, if they were to worship with all their might, they might tear the church down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, but we need. But we're talking about the Sardis Church and a dead church, and I don't I don't want to be known as a dead church, which I don't think we are. But there's some services where I wonder. But we don't have to be dead this morning, right? We can get up, we can worship, and if you'll just think and remember of everything that God's given you just this week, right? He gives and he gives and he gives. Well, let's get back to Him this morning and really get in and worship. 
Sometimes we're doing something for the Lord. Sometimes we think we're doing great things for the Lord, you know. And uh, you know, I, I appreciate, I appreciate when God helps us. But oh, I want to tell you that the, the more and more we get into knowing Him, the more we can understand what pleases Him. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And uh, appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to come and preach again this morning. Yes. And um, you know, the thing about Sardis is that there were some things that were ready to die. They had gotten to the end of their road. And, um, you know, they were ready to die. Then there comes another generation afterwards. Those who are going to stand up. Those who are going to continue on. And we see in America that just because there are younger generation doesn't mean they will continue on in the paths that uh, have been blazed before us. And uh, I've said this many times, haven't said it a lot in the last few years, but I'm not going to let down on those things no. that have been passed down to me. No. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> and uh, I challenge you younger ones, don't let down on the traditions and on the ways that you've been taught. Amen. That's just free. Forgive me. I feel, you ever just feel slow? I feel slow. This morning, so forgive me uh, ahead of time. So uh, Romans chapter five, if you would uh, stand with us for the reading of the word uh, here this morning. Uh, try to take our text starting in verse seventeen. When you have it, say Amen. amen. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in the life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by 
the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin aboundeth, grace doth much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Continue to read. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death that as like that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also in uh, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. I could read and read and read yeah. and read. <laughs> uh, these are just good, great verses here. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You for the transforming power of Your blood. And I thank You, Lord, that You came to be that perfect sacrifice for our hearts and for our lives. That, Lord, not only in our mind and in our hearts and in our hopes, but also in our bodies, we might reflect You, O oh God, the light of the world. And Lord, I pray that You would help us to understand this most basic, basic teaching that when we are saved, we are no longer subject to Satan nor to his influence. And Lord, we no longer have to be bound by sin. Help us, Lord, here this morning. Anoint us, O oh God. Open the minds of the hearers, O oh God. Those who have a heart to hear and a heart to love You and to draw close unto You. Help us here this morning, we pray, in Your blessed and holy and righteous and wonderful and awesome, awesome name, that name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. And everyone said, Better. Better. Amen. I appreciate the salvation plan of Jesus. And that He came with the intentions of saving all. Without exception. He did not come with a pre-intent to send some to hell and to keep some for heaven. He did not. He came with the plan to offer to whosoever will. If you will accept this plan of salvation, 
if you will come unto him, if you would kneel and bow and submit yourself unto him, he would save you to the uttermost. And though we may fail from time to time as being an exception and not the rule, He will help us to be overcomers all the way to the end. And so it is important for us to recognize these Scriptures that Paul so uh, wonderfully uh, gave unto us here. And this thing, that I, the point that I was really wanting to come around to is about light and darkness. Light and darkness. Here we see in verse 20 it said, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. Until you recognize that you are lost and undone and that you need a Savior, really and truly salvation isn't for you. Because you think you're good enough. You think that by your good works and your good acts and and whatever you are doing, and believe it or not, there are a lot of people that are out there who never darken the doors of church. They're too good for the church. They're too good for for those of us who are, are coming God's way. They think that they're better. And so therefore, they don't need the church. They are morally superior. Whenever you have a person start describing to you their morals and they are not saved, remember, they are not saved. I have found uh, many immoral, moral people who will say things to this effect, I will not do that. That's against my morals. But you let them get into a tight, you let them get into a hard spot, and they'll change their morals so that they can get out of that. And so that is the way that we are, that is the way of the world today. And so I love this uh, this verse here. It says, "Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound." Have you felt guilty of something? Have you felt condemnation? Oh, brother Jeff, I put condemnation away from me. I don't believe in condemnation. You better be careful because condemnation is the tool in the hand of God to bring repentance to your life. Amen. Psychologists will say, well, you've learned all this stuff and your parents taught you all that, but that's a lie. They'll teach that to you even when you go to college. They'll say everything your parents taught you is a lie. It's not a lie. It's the truth. And you had better listen, amen, to that condemnation at times in your life. It'll keep you out of trouble. And that condemnation, that's what brought me to salvation. Realizing I was a sinner going to hell. Realizing that that little uh, drink those uh, that night of drinking I'd had about a month or so before then, and I woke up the next morning and grabbed the newspaper to see if there were any hit and runs. Come on, because I remember crossing 
uh, the bridge at William Seafood, Otis, but I don't remember another thing until I pulled up in the parking lot of my house. Come on. Condemnation. That's the same thing as what's right here. Moreover, the law entered that the offense may abound. It has to abound. You've got to feel guilty before you can understand grace. You've got to realize you're going to hell for you to love grace. Well, for you to really love Jesus, amen, you've got to know without a shadow of a doubt you're headed for hell. And you have no recourse. Amen. There is no way you can uh, volunteer down at some place or you can give away all of your money or you can be kind or you can give away all of your food. It's worthless. And so when you get to the place that you realize how bad you need God, how bad you need Jesus, then grace becomes a wonderful thing. Anyone in here ever had a sizable debt? I'm not talking about $50. I'm not talking about $1,000. I'm talking about several thousand dollars. And the person on the other side of the phone comes to you and says, we see, Mr. Butler, that this is not really a debt that you are able to do. We're going to forgive you. You ever had that? Yes. Amen. I'm going to tell you what, when you're forgiven of a great debt, you are thankful. Oh, you are thankful. Amen. And I tell you what else, you say to yourself, I never want to be in debt again. Yes. I only got it only got about a quarter of the ones that said amen there. Amen. Some of you don't understand how bad debt can become. Debt can enslave you. Debt will make you to be a slave to the borrower. Amen. When you're sick or your children are sick and you you really need to stay home with them because of debt, you'll get up and go out and work another day. Amen. Because of your slavery to that debt. And so, get out of debt, folks. Amen. Get out of debt. And so here it said where sin abounded. Y'all know, have y'all ever been to a place where sin abounded? Amen. I've been around some of it. Amen. Uh, I was a few times right in the middle of some of it where sin abounded, where things were done that you know were against the law. It was against morality. It was against the other people that were being involved in it, even though they might be saying to themselves, yeah, I want to be involved in this. I want to be doing this. But yet, they really weren't in a place to really answer their true heart. Hello? Telephone. (laughs) That sin... But where sin abounded, you might think, I'll never get into a place like that. I'll never, one of my children was found in a place where, where just before the police raided the building, something came over him and he realized, I need to leave. I need to leave. 
And as he was heading out the back door, the police were coming in the front door and arrested most everybody in there for the illicit, horrible things that are done. Well, I just take a little dope. You don't realize where dope will lead you to. You don't realize where a little grass or a little marijuana will lead you to. Hey, man, now all that stuff ends up leading you to harder and harder and more addictive stuff. And then after a while, you can't afford the stuff. And so then the people have a tendency to sell their own bodies to be able to get the addiction that they need. It's not just in that. It can be alcohol. And so where sin doth abound, can I tell you what? Sin is abounding in America today. Amen. Uh, there are times uh, some of the magazines that are on the magazine racks are worse than what they call pornography when I was growing up. Hello? And so sin is abounding. It's growing. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the problem with our younger generation is that you're around it so much, it's just like, what's the big deal? What's so bad about it? You know? Well, that's the way my parents were raised, you know? Todd talks about his his uh, growing up in a in a crack house and in a, in a uh, I don't know what kind of house, but anyway, a drug house with all the needles. And he they used to play, Todd would play with the needles running around, huh? That's a more common thing today. Yeah. Much more common than in my day. Sin is abounding. Oh, but I love this. Amen. Where, but where sin aboundeth, grace did much more, much more abound. Amen. It's more abounding. It's stronger. Amen. You may not realize it, but the strongest force that's in the world today, stronger than gravity, stronger than the pool of of the moon, amen, stronger than the tide, stronger than a hurricane, stronger than, than the atomic bomb, is the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Because none of those other things can save a person. And not just save them right now, but save them for eternity. Nothing but the grace of God. The mercies of God. The life-changing mercies of God. Amen. Only through His blood that He was shed upon Calvary. Amen. I know you might say this is all old stuff to you, but is it really old? And if it's old stuff to you, is it real to you? Is this real to you? It's real to me. And I'm going to tell you, when you begin to face death, when you come close to death, there's a lot of people that will begin to uh, look over their life and see how things could have been. Amen. And where you might have been if it had not been for the grace of God. Amen. And so this grace is abounding. This grace is for whosoever will. But it's got to be a real grace. A grace that is alive in your heart and life today. This grace is a light. It is a light that shines. And when it shines, it reveals the sins of our hearts. 
It reveals the intents of our hearts. Amen. Now, I'm pretty sure he didn't mean to. But uh, I got slapped in the face with a fish. And old Ryan sent me a, fit, a picture of a man being slapped in the face with a fish. On the same day that it happened. I know that was an accident because actually he couldn't even see where I was at. Had someone between me and him. But there are times, there are times when we might hit somebody and say, oh, I didn't mean that. Huh? Or trip somebody and they fall down and they bust an elbow or they break a finger or they bust a nose. Oh, I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But you see, God, He's come to change that. When your intents become pure, when your intents uh, no longer are malice toward others, uh, when your intents are no longer hateful and mean toward others, amen, God will change you. And only through His change can we truly be changed. Um, I've been pastoring long enough now to have a bunch of experience of those who have come to Christ and given their hearts and their lives to Christ, but in time, they go back. In time, amen, they lose that grace. They didn't drop it on the ground. They didn't fumble it somewhere. But instead, they lost the importance of that grace. Of that treasure. Of that great, wonderful thing. Amen. Are you glad to be saved? Do people around you even know that you're saved? Oh, I know they're saved. They're so mean and grumpy. They're so judgmental. What about our love? Our love. It's easy to love those who do good. It's easy to love those who are obedient and always doing the right thing, but to love those who at times are unlovable. Woo! That takes grace. Sister Heather, it takes grace to do something like that. It takes grace, but you know what? He'll give us that grace to love the unlovable, to love the liar, to love the murderer, to love the adulterer, to love the fornicator, to love the rapist, to love the child molestator. Oh, now, Brother Jeff, you're getting a little tight here. To love the Republican, to love the Democrat, to love the independent, to love, amen, uh, the Muslim. Come on. That grace of God, amen, has come to us that we might love others as Christ loved us. Because though we may count someone as being horrible and uh, terrible and the, the lowest of sinners, that's what we are. 
Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget you too were a slave or a bondman in Egypt. Don't forget you too were heading to that place called hell. We've got to hold on to it. And in this dark day that we are in, this dark, dark day, a little grace goes a long ways. Is it easier to tell someone I love you or to give them a piece of your mind? We need to learn to love. To show grace. To show mercy. Amen. Uh, you know, I've been having to think about things. I, I, I go over it often. And different things during different times of my life. I've had to think about why that, that book, Why Men Go Back. Yeah. Why do people backslide? Yeah. Why do people go the other direction? Yes. Well, I can tell you one of the reasons is because those who have found grace sometimes don't show grace. We don't show the grace of God to those who don't have the grace like we should. Can I get an amen? Amen. And it's all according to the way that we look. Not necessarily the way we dress, but I'm talking about when you look on somebody, are you measuring them up? Huh? Are you measuring them up? I'm afraid we all are guilty of, uh, I think they call that social profile, uh, some kind of, well, they call that profiling for the police. Profiling. We all have a tendency to profile. But who would ever imagine that King one time had had a call to preach? People don't just get a call to preach. There must have been a hunger there. Must have been been a desire there. At one time, to love God. We've got to keep that love. Luke 11, 34-36 says, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, the whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body is full of darkness. Amen. If we're constantly seeing all the devils and all of the evil things and all of the evil people and all the wicked things that are going on out there, what's going into your eye? Are you seeing light or are you seeing darkness? Can I tell you? It's easy to be an inspector. It's really easy to be an inspector. Oh, this is not right, and this is not right, and that's not right. But I love it when somebody sees something's not right and puts their hand to making it right. Come on. Are you helping or are you hurting the situation? It's according to your eyes. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. Ah, help me, Lord, to look at others and to see others and to see things the way you see things, Lord. 
Oh Lord, be the light of my life. Be the light of my heart. Shine through mine eyes and help me to see as you see. Do any of y'all ever pray that? What about the rest of you? Huh? Help me to see as you see, Lord. Help me to hear as you hear, Lord. Help me to speak as you would speak, Lord. It's so important. And it says, if the whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. Uh-huh. Now we're living in the day of LEDs. Yeah. Huh? Amen. Some of you may know what I'm talking about. Incandescent light bulbs. How many of y'all know what that is? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, some of y'all I still remember. This is talking about a candlestick. Yeah. One candle light. Yeah. Any of you ever tried to read by candlelight? Caused many of our founding fathers and different ones of old to go blind because trying to read by candlelight. There's not a lot of light there. But can I tell you, if it's dark, one candle, a birthday candle is good enough if it's dark, amen, to shine and to put light in throughout the whole room, amen. Just a little bit of light, amen. It is so much. That's why we need the Lord because He is our light within us. We've got to know Him. We've got to love Him. We've got to receive Him, amen, and His ways. If you say you receive Him but you reject His ways, You're being a liar. Oh yeah, I believe Jesus is Lord. I believe Jesus is, but I just don't believe in going to church. Well, all the other stuff you just said is a lie. You know why? Because Jesus loves the church. (laughs) The church is the bride of Christ. Amen. And we are the bride of Christ. And so it is so important for us. Amen. To get a hold of this grace. This grace. What is grace? Some have said it's unmerited favor. That's one definition. Grace is also the strength to be able to overcome opposition. Grace. There's a lot of strength in grace. You know? How do we overcome opposition? Ah, we take out our gun. No, we don't. Huh? We put that kung fu on them that we learned. No. Hmm? We take an equalized. No. How do we overcome evil? With good. We overcome hatred. With love. Love. Amen. So when they're coming at you, you got to love them. And let me tell you something. If you love them, when that's happening, then you're a genuine child of God. There have been times I thought I had it, Brother Robert. I thought I had it. 
Only to find out I hadn't prayed like I needed to pray that day. Yeah. Hello. And then I had to go and apologize. Huh? What did you... It wasn't that bad, but I lost my temper. Hello? You ever lose your temper? Huh? Gotten mad? Woo! I don't like eating crow. No, it doesn't. Even with ketchup, it don't taste good. And so, we need to learn... God's ways. We need to make His ways our ways. Teresa be getting us a song. Right after I got saved and and the Lord really did a work in my life and uh, I became serious about serving God, I got to reading the Scriptures. And there were a lot of things that I thought was okay that I found out wasn't okay. And I found out a lot of things I thought were right were wrong. And so I ended up having to uh, change my way. And there were times Teresa would ask me a question and I think she was expecting my old answer like, well, just, just give them a piece of your mind. Or just, you know, tell them like it is. Or, you know... Instead, I quote her a scripture. Otis got a little while there. She got aggravated with me for quoting scripture to her instead of giving her an answer. You know? And she said, I wish you'd just tell me what you think. And I said, I can't tell you what I think. I'm trying to reprogram myself. Are you reprogrammed? There are some things God will just put on you. There are some things God will do right when you get saved. Uh, Brother C.C. Toole said, he said, bless God, I got more when I got saved than most of you do whenever y'all get sanctified. Hello? Come on. But you see, we need to be reprogrammed. Some things God will take care of. Some things He's waiting on you to take care of. Where sin aboundeth, grace doth much more abound. As much as I I, I appreciate what God's been doing for us in our church, I really do. But there are still people going back. Going back. Can I tell you something? There's nothing back there but heartaches and troubles. You second generation people, you don't understand how easy you got it. Y'all were raised to, you know, to dress right and talk right and y'all got to come to church all the time. And You know, I'm sure there are disagreements in families at all, but it ain't nothing like the world. I was at a family gathering with my wife one time, one of her, some of her family, on uh, one of the rough side of her family. And the way that uh, family gathering broke up is when the police came to break up the family gathering. Some, some of them brothers and cousins had gotten their knives out, getting ready to fight. Come on. 
God will change us if we want to be like Him. Lord, how does your children act? Lord, how does your children speak? Lord, how does your children do? I didn't know. Church I went to, we handed out tracks on the beach in our in our swimming shorts. Huh? Don't say in your mind, oh, I wish I could go there tonight. I want to be his child. Second generation, folks, you're going to have to have a first generation experience with God. You're going to have to get a hold of him for yourself. I know there are times people want to please Brother Jeff and please Sister Teresa, and I, I appreciate that. But I'd rather have somebody that's real. And interested enough to say, Brother Jeff, what about this? When that preacher told me, and I'm trying to close, when that preacher when I was younger told me, well, Brother, he didn't say Brother Jeff, he said, Jeff, I hear you've been drinking some. I said, yeah, I don't see nothing wrong with it. What an opportunity. For that pastor to sit down and talk to me. He did talk to me. He said, well, you need to make sure you pay your tithes. Where'd that come from? That's why I went back to Teresa's pastor who had told me that everything I was doing that morning, I'd come in that morning with a canary yellow shirt buttoned down to about right here with a gold chain across it, you know. Uh, I was styling and profiling there, Josh. I was back then. Come on. He preached on all of that. And he preached about drinking. I'd just been drinking the night before. He preached against that. Preached against all the fun things I liked. God let me know that man loves me. That other one, he just patted me on the back. Grace. Where sin doth abound, grace does much more abound. Brother Jeff, you don't know what I'm living in. No, I don't. But I can tell you, grace is strong enough. Doesn't matter how bad it is, no matter what's going on, God will give you grace to make it through. To make it through. Amen. Let's stand all across the house here this morning. I want you to ask yourself Am I living in light or am I living in darkness? Am I living in grace? Or have I failed? Notice how I said that. Have I failed the grace of God? I don't know about you, but I want to make it. 
I want you to make it. So why don't we gather around this altar here this morning. Let's examine our own hearts. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, if I should die right now, would I go to heaven? Would I go? Come. Come, let's pray. Come on. Thank you.